Um, you know, what an amazing Sunday. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about all that Jesus is doing here. Ladies, come out to what's going on at PRISM, in this PRISM event. And, and, and take the extra initiative. Come to the dinner. How many of you know those are times when you can get connected and get to know somebody, get to know some other people by simply breaking bread with them, right? So how many of you are going to come out for that? It's going to be awesome, right? It's going to be so good. It's going to be amazing. Well, we are in, if you're a first-time guest today... We are in a uh, series called Unsinkable, and we do ser- sermon series is often around here, but this one is extra special because there's 45 churches right now in Broward County alone that we know of um, that are doing this sermon series together. Come on. Come on. You can do it better than that. Come on. Give the Lord a hand. That's amazing. It's amazing. And I actually had a meeting this last week with some of the Church United leadership, again, this organically organized, I believe, sovereign move of God that's taking place in our region, in the city that we live, that people from all over the nation and the world are asking about. I mean, this thing, the the news of what's taking place here is spreading like wildfire, and at this meeting and the connected I had with some of the leaders, there was testimony going around the room of the first week of this sermon series, and they decided to play one clip from one church just to inspire all the leaders, and guess whose clip they played? And it was you guys. It was when I announced about the series, and before I even said like, hey, give the Lord a hand clap or an amen, there's an eruption, and, and, and everybody was like, my goodness, what is going on at Harbor Church? It was awesome. So give yourselves a hand. Come on, that's amazing. So in this, we're united together, um, you know, serving a kingdom, how many of you know that's unsinkable? It's unsinkable, it's unstoppable, it's ever increasing, it's always on an upward trajectory, and we're a part of it. We're a part of it. Every single life in this room is a valuable, needed, strategic part of this unsinkable kingdom. And we're unifying around the objectives of the Lord that he has for us. I want to remind you that last week we gave out some of the the tiny houses for the tiny house project. And once you fill those up, if you could bring those in and just turn them into the Welcome Center on the last Sunday of this month, we're going to pray over those as we give them back to the Church United office and to um, the organization, United Way, that we're supporting in this effort. It's going it's to be very, very powerful. But I'm going I'm to continue our, 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 our series this morning on, on what I've titled Mission Possible. Last week we looked at the truth. There is the truth of God's word, of Jesus, of this kingdom in the earth right now that's unsinkable. And we kind of took a look at, at two extremes that we can get into as it relates to truth. You know, there's this thing called absolute truth, which I believe in. It's actually not a very popular in vogue reality today. But I think that's the case because we've had absolute truth being presented to people as dogmatic information. Okay, there, there, there is absolute truth, but if it's presented as just dogmatic information, 
without any transformative substance coming from your life that has encountered this truth that has actually changed you and now you're expressing what you believe and what you know to be true with the love and the spirit of Christ. How many of you know that's not gonna have a very big effect on people? But when we do it out of the spirit and nature of Christ, according to the alignment of the declaration that we just prayed with, with, with uh, Julie this morning, that's when absolute truth begins to come and encounter a generation. And the subjective truth that God longs for us to have as well, a truth that affects our feelings, our emotions, our life, those two things begin to come in, into congruency. On the other side, there's also this, this ditch of subjective truth. Like if I say that there is uh, no square, no, no, let me say this again. If, if there are no round squares, right? If there are no round squares, that's an absolute truth. And the ditch on the subjective side would say, well, when I look at that, 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 that circle, you know, it, it, it looks like a square to me. You know what I mean? I think it's a square, you know? That's what I believe. That's, that's, that's how I feel about what you're presenting. And, and, and that's not gonna bring any unsinkable, powerful reality to the world either. That's, that's living in delusion. Can I get an amen? All right, so we're gonna, we're gonna walk as a house in, in, in a centered reality with absolute and subjective truth, meaning that the absolute truths have subjectively affected the essence of our hearts. And it's, it's not just dogmatic information because truth is not just information, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. And so that truth should reflect his nature and not just our religious rant. There's a generation out there that has nothing, they don't want anything to do with that. They want to see Jesus, they don't just want to hear about him. All right, so we're going we're gonna to move into what do we do with that truth? And, and, and what we do with that truth is we go on mission together. We go on mission together to bring that truth to the ends of the earth. The Bible says that we're actually called, this is crazy to think about, but we're called to disciple entire nations. And South Florida, the region of South Florida, and the populace of people that live here, interestingly enough, is bigger than a good majority of nations around the world. So guess what? We get to practice here what we get to reproduce one day in other places of the planet. Ooh. If you're awake this morning, say amen. amen. Seriously, we're going to change this, this, this nation. We're going we're to change starting with our region. We're going we're to take over Broward County with the gospel. <laughs> we're going to move into Miami and West Palm Beach, and it's, it's, it's game on. It's already happening. But have you ever heard a, um, a statement, a, a phrase that goes something like this? It's not about whether you win or lose, but how, about how you play the game. Have you heard that before? How many of you know that's only a partially true statement? It really is important how we play the game. But let me just say this. It is way funner to win than it is to lose. 
I don't know the, 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 whatever's going on in our culture right now about everybody's a winner and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not buying in because, you know, the, we're not always winners and we don't always win. But it's way funner to win than it is to lose. Now, I've, I've, I've embraced that and been able to experience that personally this year with my son and his football team. I mean, it has been an incredible season. In fact, when we lost to the number one team in the state that was another whole division above us, I just barely couldn't even contain myself. I was like, what do you mean we're, we lost? I mean, that, that's not what we do. We don't lose with this team. We, we, had, we had won eight games in a row. And by the way, this Friday... Pray for him and pray for his team, Calvary Christian Academy, because we take on Edison out of Miami for the quarterfinals and the playoffs, and it's going to be good. Come on, somebody. It's going to be amazing. But what's that? That's your school, big dog. They're going down, baby. Going down. But you know what? We're still going to love each other after it's all said and done. There ain't no love between Alabama and LSU right now, though, I'll tell you that much. No love between those two teams. Do you see the, the head coach of LSU after he beat L- Alabama? He stood on the big A in the center of the field, and he said, this is our house now. After I mean, I'm like, man, wow. There's a hit out on his head right now. Anyhow, but... But I want to read this verse to you. I want to, I want to give you perspective as it relates to mission. And the truth that we carry and where this thing's all going, because it's going to victory. We have already won. So I'm asking the Lord, if we've already won, why are we not manifesting the fullness of that victory? And so we're going to look at that a little bit. We have a really special morning this morning. It's going to be amazing. But look at 1 Corinthians, what Paul said, chapter 15, verse 57. He says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh man, I'm praying that as we walk away from today, that there'll be a renewed thanks. Because you know, man, there's something about that, like when you get a hold of that thankfulness, like for what you know to be true, And when you know it to be true and you begin to give thanks, declaration, you will be way more effective in mission, in what we're actually called to carry to the world. You know, I heard somebody say about people that speak and teach, I think the statement's something like this, if you're not convinced when you're sharing, no one else is going to be either. And it's the same going, going forth with what we actually carry, this gospel, this truth, this transformative power. I think all of this is beautifully aligned this morning as we've sung about a defender, as we've honored veterans, as we're talking about a real war going on in the spirit that has already been won and we just need to come into alignment and take possession of what is rightfully ours. Come on, somebody. Come on. So how do we get there? And then I'm going to introduce a friend to you because there, there's, some, there's some battles that we've already won and we need to collectively, on mission, step in together and see some of these things completely eradicated in our cities. Okay? 
because we're gatekeepers here in South Florida. How many of you know that we have the power and the authority to open doors for Jesus to come in, his spirit, his love, all of his beautiful gifts, all of that kind of stuff. We have the authority to open those doors through the keys of the kingdom that he's given to us. And we have authority to close doors that no longer will allow other stuff that's not of God to come into our beautiful city. That's what we have. So how do we get there? Look at this in 1 John quickly. I love this in chapter 5. He says, notice the language here. You've got to catch the plurality and the collectivity of this language. For every, everybody say every. Every child of God defeats this evil world. Now, hold on. I've got to qualify this. When he's saying this evil world, he's not talking about people who aren't in church right now. He's talking about a system, a diabolical system that, yes, does have control or dominion over some people because they've bought into that lie. They, their lives through brokenness have come under that, but it's not talking about these terrible people that are out there, right? It's talking about a system. Every child of God defeats this system and we, notice that, achieve this victory through our, say it, through our faith is cultivated through thankfulness of revelation of what we know is actually the truth. Faith is a substance. It's actually, if you can hear this, it's actually more real than the seat that you're sitting on. When you actually believe and give thanks to God because you know it, not intellectually to be true, but it has encountered your very essence that through Christ we have been given the victory to make this mission possible, you will literally give all of your life for that reality to see happen. I was going to mention this at the end, but I can't hold back. I went to a movie last night with my wife called Harriet, about the life of Harriet Tubman. And I never recommend movies from this pulpit, but I'm recommending this one because it is inspiring would be an understatement. Here's this woman that grabbed a hold of the truth that every person was created equal and had a destined purpose to live life in liberty and in freedom, with value and with dignity. And she stood against the slavery that was happening in our nation back pre-Civil War, and she was part of what was called the Underground Railroad. But there was this moment in the movie, and I'm not giving the movie away here, but there was this moment at the beginning of the movie, and it's actually not even the highlight of the movie, but I feel it's relevant for what's going on here today that I want to share with you. She was trying to escape out of where she was living. She was surrounded, and, and, and the only way that she could get to where she was going was she had to cross this bridge, and they had people on one side, and then others coming up from behind her on the other, and there was this raging river below her. 
And the guy's trying to convince her just to surrender and it'll all be over. And he was saying all these lies that he wasn't going to hurt her. You, you could just sense that wasn't true. And she gets on the, on the edge of, of the bridge and she's going to jump over. And the guy's like, don't do it, don't do it. Everything's going to be okay. We can just go back to where you were before. Life is normal. And then she says this statement. She says, give me liberty or give me death. And she jumps off into the river. And when that happened, I just felt the Lord say to my heart, man, I wish my church was like that. Because the river didn't kill Harriet Tubman. It actually saved her. It swept her down and she woke up a day later and then she was off into freedom. The river of God's presence and his love that he's wanting to pour out on the earth like a torrent right now is waiting for all of us to jump into. And we should have a battle cry in our spirit. Give us freedom on the earth or let me lay my life down for this cause. Well, we have some friends here today that are doing that very thing. And I want to introduce uh, Kevin and Michelle to you from Four Kids. And I want to invite Kevin to come. And could we give a huge harbor welcome to Kevin Enders and Michelle and their beautiful team? Come on, give it up, Harbor. Okay, so when I woke up this morning, I didn't think I was going to have to follow that, but no, I love Darren and Wendy and this church. Um, Again, my name is Kevin Enders, and I am truly humbled um, to be here and to be your guest in this house. Um, The Harbor Church is very close to me, and and of course, my wife, Michelle, um, you know, it was many, many years ago that uh, we were lost. And and man, I'm just going to say being here today and hearing the worship, God is here right now, and he's got a really good message for this church. He really does, because everything you just shared and Wendy backstage talking about Ezekiel is extremely powerful, extremely powerful. And um, man, I can't thank you enough for, you guys may not know this, but Darren came and spoke at one of our board retreats back um, earlier this year, and I'm going to share a little bit of the word of what he shared with us. And uh, the worship team came and played at our staff retreat. So there's a great connection to this church that you're going to see today if you don't know it. Um, so thank you for giving me the honor and the privilege to like be here and, and really just tell you what I think God is um, wanting you guys to hear today, truly. Um, Twelve years ago, my wife and I, after we had gotten saved, I mean, God really disrupted our lives, completely disrupted a very comfortable uh, middle-class life, very successful but um, big house in Parkland, and, but we didn't know Jesus. We were just very religious people, and God came in and just um, really shook us up. We came to know the Lord, and um, after we got baptized, I've got to hold this for one second. We had uh, just been seeking the Lord. God, what, what would you have for us to do? And it was 12 years ago we hear this message that you're going to hear today. And it was this intersection that Darren talks about. God completely disrupted our lives. And uh, we had never heard in our lives that kids don't have homes. And if you could put that slide back up there, it said for every child, right? God has this heart for every single child. 
And we had come from a background where we didn't even know that there was kids that were in the foster care system. And for those of you that don't know Four Kids, we're a ministry that birthed out of the local church 22 years ago to bring hope, homes, and healing to kids in crisis, to be Christ for the brokenness in our community. And um, I'm just going to read something from Isaiah 61 real quick. And you guys know this very familiarly. Jesus spoke this in Luke 4. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, liberty for the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Do you hear the Harriet Tubman story in there? I mean, typically when we hear that, we're thinking somebody else. And what God did for us is he rescued us from that life, from that prison of middle class, just captivity. It was all we knew. And we're so thankful that God did that to us because he redirected our purpose. He completely redirected our lives. And so at four kids, you know, we just became, we just, we just heard this message and we raised our hands to become foster parents. Like we had no idea what God's plans were for our family. And uh, we went to four kids. We became licensed in 2006, 2007 in the spring. We started fostering children and um, had no plans to adopt. Got this beautiful little boy that was two months old. And I remember my wife holding this little boy and just weeping. Like, God, if you do nothing else ever for me again, you've done it. Like, God called us into this space. He opened our, he changed our, he changed our hearts. We sang about love. Like, how do we love God like you can love? How many of us are thankful that God loved us enough that he saved us, right? That he, he pulled us from this darkness into this light of our life, and we get to do that. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later, but it's a gift that God has for you. Just like salvation, he has this gift waiting for you, waiting for you to say yes to to radically change your perspective and to give you clarity of vision. So quickly at four kids, like I said, 22 years, we've been blessed. Again, we're just a function of something that helps the church be the church. We're not an organization that builds all this stuff. We engage with the church to raise Christian foster families. And through the last 22 years, God has helped to bring the good news of Christ to 28,000 kids in South Florida. Can I get an amen? 28,000 children. 28, so we are doing what, what this whole Church United um, thing is talking about, is us changing the culture, changing the future. And we believe it's mission possible, just like you said. This is not impossible for God. It may be impossible for us, but it's possible for God. So at Four Kids, we focus on three things. Our mission statement is to bring hope to kids in crisis. And that's the hope of Jesus Christ, because we are a Christian ministry. We are not an agency that hires Christians. It's all about the gospel for us in ministry. The second thing is to provide a home for every child. Again, every child. Leaving none behind because God has a special purpose for these children. And uh, later you're going to get to recognize some of the families in this very church. One that we're very, very close with because we actually fostered a little girl that got adopted by a family in this church. And when we got to see her today, she's uh, 11 years old. Her birthday is three days away from my little daughter who's going to be here as well. Um, we had this connection that God has made. And coming here today, it was like coming home for us. It was coming back home to, how many of you know Alan and Eva Walker? You guys know the Walkers? 
So I'm talking about Aaliyah. So those of you that know Aaliyah, Aaliyah was a foster child in my home, in my wife's home, in our home, before we got the phone call that Gabriella was born, who is also here today, who we ended up taking home and adopting. Anyway, um, talking about these Christian homes, it's important that you guys understand, yes, we're doing great work, but there's a hundred children every month that we have to turn away because we don't have enough Christian foster families that want to take in these kids. And let me tell you, we're losing ground to the enemy because those kids are going to different homes. They're going to group homes and being sex trafficked. They're going to other homes that are not teaching them about Jesus. And we got to take that ground back for the Lord, okay? Most of those kids, 70% of the kids that we say no to are teenagers. So we need families that have this depth of a, of a relationship with Christ so they can take in teens or sibling groups. If you've got a couple bedrooms and God breaks your heart, see what he has for you because he's got some special gifts. The last part of what we're doing at 4Kids is healing. Um, and this is relatively new. When I started at 4Kids two and a half years ago, we had one therapist. And we were taking in kids, putting them in Christian homes, and then sending out to secular therapists. And some of those secular therapists may be seeing the circle in the square, so to speak. They're not really seeing the truth of what God has. And we, we sung about that, that. He has a special calling and a purpose for everybody to come into his family. So we've now built a team of 13 therapists. And we provide healing in the name of Jesus to these children. Um, thank you. Give the Lord a hand. And over the next three years, I was telling Darren, because he came on a visit, our, our vision, this crazy idea that God gave us is to hire over 24 Christian therapists so that we can provide therapy to children, training to parents, and become a resource for the local church because everybody needs a little bit of help every once in a while. So hope, homes, and healing is what 4Kids is really all about. Um, I got to shift gears and, and tell you a little bit about it. I don't know if you heard it when we were singing these songs this morning, but I heard it clear from the Lord. And you, you reiterated it in the square and circle um, reference, is what do we see? What do we see? Like, God, give us vision to see what you see. Not what we see, but what you see. I was hunting last night with my 17-year-old son and a board member up in Fort Pierce. He takes me every once in a while. We go hog hunting, and it's really fun. It got dark really fast. I was telling my wife this story this morning. Didn't see a thing. And... This gentleman has some pretty cool equipment, so I'm looking through these binoculars. We're sitting in this blind. It's dark. The moon was out, but it was dark. He couldn't see anything. My son couldn't see anything. I had these binoculars, and I could see clearly. I could see everything. And, and you know, a, a big raccoon came out, but no, they couldn't even see it. Man, this was like 20 yards ahead of them. They couldn't see it. And Michelle said to me this morning, that is unbelievable. Like, you could see, but they couldn't see what was right in front of them. And God's been really giving me revelation lately and breaking my heart for these children in foster care. And what he's been telling me is that, yes, the church needs to stand for these kids, but we need these kids in our homes more than they need us. Okay? And that is a truth. And I was reading a Bible story to my little one just last week. No kidding. If you have it, Matthew 13, verse 44 This is Jesus talking, and he said again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasures hidden in a field, which a man found that he hid, and for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he had and buys the field. Why did the guy do that? He had this big treasure, which is Jesus in this context, right? But I'm telling you, these kids 
are these treasures. And we should lay down everything we have for these kids because it radically changed our lives. Meet a foster parent later today or an adoptive parent that doesn't say these kids are treasures. They have taken us deeper with the Lord than we'd ever would have gone on our own. And is it going to be easy all the time? Absolutely not. I'd be lying if it was, if I said that it was. But if you want to get closer to where God is, what did Jesus say when his disciples rebuked the kids? He said, let them come to me because such is the kingdom of heaven. Right? This verse says the same thing. It's the kingdom of heaven. I was in Kansas, and I apologize for taking a little bit of time, but I was in Kansas this fall, and I met the Lord there, and it was Ezekiel 47. It was this picture of this river. These kids are falling into this river. But we, as Christians, should be rescuing them from this river. 68 children were removed from your zip code last year, from 33060, right here in the backyard of this church. I'm shaking, I'm sorry because I'm so passionate about it. Like we, the church, we, the church, have a responsibility to Christ to step in for these kids, to reach down. We were lifted out of our mire for him. We need to reach down, ladies and gentlemen, and pull these children up. They deserve it. They did nothing wrong. There's this fact that I heard 85% of people think of kids in foster care think that they did something wrong. Think that they did something wrong. It's not them. And the church has a great opportunity to not only rescue these children, but to help the bio families. Like, this is our mission. God is, God is like making us look like the church. Help us to reach out to the families and children. So I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to have you up and we'll show a little video. Um, but you've got to think about these kids as anointed gifts of God. Moses was an orphan. Man, they put Moses in a basket, right, and floated him down the river. He changed the world. Joseph got beaten, neglected, and left in a hole to die and changed the world. You need to change your vision, just like I could see when I'm hunting that some, something somebody couldn't see. These kids, please, let God speak to your spirit today and think about these kids. Because Psalm 3418 says what? God is near to the brokenhearted. So if we want to be where God wants us to be, we need to go. We need to go into the battle. We need to go where Jesus is. And I would just ask the church today to consider that. And today is about Stand Sunday. You heard reference Stand Sunday. And this thing that's going on with Church United is amazing, unprecedented that 45, 46 churches would be preaching the same message. Let me tell you guys, today around the world, thousands of churches are standing up for orphans. Hundreds in our country, thousands in the world are preaching this message to say, church, it's time. Let's win. Let's not lose. Let's stand for these children because Christ saved us. The least we could do is reach down and pull and let these children come into our lives and help to make us more like Jesus. So thank you very much for the time. I'd love for you to come up. We're going to show this video. We're going to cue this video. Please take a look at the big screens.
There are 30,000 children that are in the foster care system today in the state of Texas. There are half a million children that are in the U.S. that's in the foster care system. And I said, who would stand with me today for these kids? That day, Nedra Wade, she stood and raised her hand and she said, Pastor, I will. And then another person stood and said, I will. And another stood and said, I will. And another stood and said, I will. Well, after the process started in our church and family after family, within three months, 39 children were placed in families in our church. What if there was more families waiting for children than children waiting for families? So we called Child Protective Services. And they said, if that happens in any county, that will be the first ever. Kevin and four kids and all of us too. You can say. We we had reached out to um, some of the families in the harbor that are involved in this space already. And if if we reached out to you and you confirmed back to us, could you come just stand across the front here quickly? Um, as we conclude our time today, just come and stand and face the family today, but what's exciting, just stand all across the front if you could, that would be awesome. We have already many within this community um, that are giving themselves to what was presented by Kevin today, part of this mission, and, and, and Jennifer, come on up, you're part of this as well. Uh, Jennifer lives in another city, but she's part of this family, and they've been a part of this space as well. But um, there, there is something beautiful already happening here in the harbor. I just want to read a few of these friends. Alana Thayer, she works as a child protective investigator. Alana, awesome. Thank you. Phil and Chrissy Hurley, where the Hurleys at? I know Phil's on the board back there. Chrissy, I don't know where she's at this morning, but they are adoptive parents. There she is. Come on, Chrissy, come on up, man. We want to acknowledge you guys. Amazing adoptive parents. Uh, Ray and Felicia Gordon over here, adoptive parents as well, foster parents and adoptive parents. Christopher and Tia Bethel right here, foster and adoptive parents. Uh, Wilson and Alice Chuchu, uh, foster parents as well. Amazing. Tell us what you do. Um, Barbara Marshall Mueller, adoptive parent and foster. Well, Amazing. Isn't that incredible? If I'm missing anyone else, uh, Joe and Kathy Gilbert, I don't think here today, adoptive parents. Uh, Pwendi, who, who's a part of this leadership team, she's a case manager. 
uh, Bill and Sean Oreski, they're actually getting ready to go to Granada on missions to work with uh, orphans down there. Could you guys wave in the back, Bill and, and, and uh, Shauna? And then Staz, he helped teach uh, foster children when he's living in Arizona. Anybody else that I've missed? The parishes right here uh, as well. Incredible. And then Mariana right here is a therapist working with four kids in... Um, as, a, as in this space, it's, 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 it's really, really, really be- beautiful, yeah. And I'm actually closing with Alan and Eva. Um, wanted to especially honor them who are at the very end over here. Um, and I know they, they, would, they would not want me to say this. They'd be embarrassed for me to say this, but um, they have had 40 foster kids come through their house over the years and have adopted five children. So we honor you guys in your lives. Come on. Wow. We can remain standing as we close. Um, this is what transformation's all about. This is what transformation is all about. And, and these ones are leading the way, starting with Alan and Eva. They, it, 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 honestly, like, I, I, I attribute, you gotta give honor where honor's due. There's, there's people that come and they, they break open spaces because they're some of the first ones to take a risk. And then it just makes way for others to come in, right? And they've been that. Um, here in this community and and just blown away by what we've seen. But I believe there's there's more for us as a house. And I want to put up this stand slide on, on, some, on some things that we could consider this morning before we go um, on how we could be a part of this and help. Um, I don't know if there are points to this yet. There it is. Here's what I want us to consider as we get ready to leave today. Foster, could we pray as we go about becoming a foster parent or opening up our home to a child in need? There's actually different levels of this. There's even some that just are urgent care, like, hey, could you take them for a little while, for a few nights to kind of help us alleviate a situation where they'd have to get you know, put into a not-so-good place, but consider the fostering space. Um, fam. Use your time and talents to become a wraparound support to a foster family near you. There's, there's, if you've been in fostering and you've given yourself to that, to have others that can come and help you to stand with you, to give you a break, you know, if you need to go on vacation or you need to go run some errands and you need someone that, that, that can come in and help you in your home. Because they don't just allow just anybody to come and be around these children, right? You have to be approved and checked out and, and, and safe. That's another option, and that's massive. You know, we've seen that with so many of these families. And then obviously give. Help us to recruit, to train, to license uh, more foster families by giving of your financial gifts. I, I want to close with this. You know, I believe that, that as believers, we sow into our local community that we're a part of. I mean, we couldn't do what we're doing today without people giving of their first fruits. But beyond that, we need to contribute to other vital realities of ministries like for kids 
that are leading the way, that are helping us as a church to do what we can never do on our own. That's the beauty of what we call parachurch, an organization that comes alongside of the church. So could we just close just considering um, these things? And as we do, could we do it by extending our hands to these friends that have already said yes? And maybe others in the room that, that we've missed today. Just, Lord, would you just honor these ones that are standing before us, Lord? These ones that have jumped off the bridge and into that beautiful river to swim with these children. Michelle and Kevin and all of the four kids team that are laying down their lives, Lord. Would you take the inspiration of their lives and move us and move our hearts to be a part of this mission possible? You've given us the victory, Lord, in your son. He would leave the 99 to find that one, Lord. We pray over Pompano Beach. We pray over Broward County. We pray over West Palm and Miami and these kids every day that are being taken out of their homes where there's been affliction and brokenness and trauma. God, come on, pray with me. Would you bring healing to our region, God? Would you come and bring healing to literally an epidemic that the enemy's trying to, to bring on our society to break the future? Lord, you have, you have conquered that. Lord, you have defeated that. God, let us step in with thanksgiving this morning, Lord, for where you're taking us as the church, not only the harbor, but collectively in Jesus' name. You know, I feel to say this, if, if you're here today and you had wounding and trauma in your life, maybe you weren't a foster kid or adopted kid, but there was some brokenness in your home. Let even the spirit of Jesus just come and heal you today. And Lord, we pray for more counselors, more professionals, more pastors, more people that have a heart to give themselves, Lord, to be in that balm in the earth that just brings a healing touch and a kind word and a transformative hug safe home so that we can raise up a healthy family in the earth we love you Jesus and we worship you You know what I want to do as we close? We're going to dismiss to get our children. I'm actually going to ask you guys to stay and be the ministry team, if you could, this morning. And if you feel something on your heart that tugged on you today about this, come and see them. Let them pray for you. If you've got a need in your life, you're not going to meet any more beautiful people and pastors than these ones. Come and let them pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, come. Let's talk. You guys have an amazing, amazing rest of your Sunday. Can we give it up again for four kids? They're going to be in the lobby. Why don't you guys meet them, thank them for all that they do. You guys have an amazing rest of your weekend. God bless you in Jesus' name. I've always had a open future. It's never been a doubt in your mind. Even when I cannot see, you are the author.